This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle on Thursday, June 24th of 2021. I am Paul Gallant and this train is still running. Thanks to a whole lot of caffeine. Very busy morning in Seattle sports. For those who don't know, the Seattle Kraken have a new head coach. And I'm really intrigued by him. The guy coached at North Dakota for a really long time, a college that's a powerhouse in college hockey. Dave Haxtell. Most recently, he was the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers. The Seattle Kraken are officially making that announcement as we speak. So we'll hear from Dave Haxtell, I'm sure, in a matter of 20 minutes or so, something like that. Very excited to see that the Kraken are actually getting some faces that we can attach to the team. Of course, we have the expansion draft coming up next month, the actual draft itself, too. Can't wait. Can't wait to get hockey started, especially after watching last night's Game 6 between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. A whole lot of fun. All right, guys. uh, Today's question is going to come in a moment. But first off, a hearty slow clap for the Seattle Mariners and what they were able to do this homestand, which might be the swan song of the year. Seven and two. Really impressive. And I know it came to a disappointing end yesterday against the team of the Colorado Rockies, who are not very good. But I really think that there are some promising signs, and, and hopefully, 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 they're able to take some of those things that took place in that four-game sweep of the Tampa Bay Rays to Chicago this weekend to take on the Chicago White Sox. We talked with Shannon Dreher earlier on the Danny and Gallant show about the matchups that the Mariners have this weekend. It is going to be some really good pitching matchups. And hopefully the Mariners' bats can be a little bit more lively than they've been, but we know the Mariners' bats are what they are, and that's why the winning streak came to an end yesterday. And you're not surprised by that, right? I mean, who are the reinforcements that are coming for the Mariners' bats? It's probably not going to be coming anytime soon. Their pitching is their strength, and they have been great over this homestand outside of one guy. And that one guy is Justice Sheffield, who has allowed 10 runs in nine and a third innings over two starts over the course of this homestand. His ERA, 9.64. The other starters for the Mariners, 2.43 ERA. The Mariners lost both games that Justice Sheffield started. And it's frustrating. He's the most disappointing part, I think, of the 2021 season thus far. Because, look, with Jared Kelnick, you can understand why the guy had some issues out of the gate. He's a young baseball player. These things happen. I'm still frustrated about it, and I'm looking at guys on other teams like Wander Franco, and I'm like, man, why can't Kelnick do that? They have pretty much the same experience at the AAA level, but every single prospect is different, just like every single snowflake is unique. Paul, you're a snowflake. That's arguably true. Anywho, going back to this. Justice Sheffield was a guy last year that you could legitimately put into conversations as the American League Rookie of the Year. And this year, it's, it's just been totally different. And uh, Brandon Gustafson, who writes for 710sports.com, laid out a bunch of statistics that have been mm, very shaky for Justice Sheffield this year. He has allowed... 
13 home runs, 30 total extra base hits after last year, two home runs and seven total extra base hits over the entirety of that 60-game uh, season. According to StatCast, he's in the bottom 10 percentile of baseball in the average exit velocity. So guys are walloping the ball. Whiff percentage, guys are making contact with the ball. Fastball spin, expected batting average. So they're hitting the ball again, and it's generally expected to drop. An expected slugging percentage and expected ERA. And those expected stats, they get a bit tiresome. But whatever you need to know is that here's what you need to know. He's just, he's just not pitching well. And obviously you can see that. You don't need those advanced stats to know that. Here's what Justice Sheffield had to say about his struggles after yesterday's loss. You know, it sucks not to pitch well, and then it sucks even more when, you know, your family is here, and uh, it's just, just not, not, you know, not what you want. Uh, you know, definitely wanted to go out there and and get back on track and um, pitch well, and and um, you know, build off that. But you know, the only thing I can do now is just take the positives from today and and build off those, and and just keep moving forward, just keep pushing. It's got to be frustrating when you're the one guy that's not making it happen and I feel for Justice Sheffield and I hope he's able to turn it around because you take a look at the rest of the rotation Logan Gilbert's awesome after his promotion to the majors Yusei Kikuchi and Chris Flexen have been really good you feel pretty good about Marco Gonzalez and Justin Dunn even though he has been inconsistent he's taken real steps forward this year Justice Sheffield's taken the step back so hopefully he's able to figure things out but I think he's been the most disappointing part of the Mariners season thus far what do you think it is 710-710 on the Mac and Jacks Brewing Company text line that is today's Question of the day. Yesterday, I laid out why I want the Seattle Mariners to give general manager Jerry DePoto a contract extension. And yesterday, when we asked that question, you guys seem to want it too. The poll question was, should the Seattle Mariners extend Jerry DePoto right now? 63.8% of you guys with 900 votes said yes. 36.2% said no. Well, today, we had Jerry DePoto on for the Jerry DePoto Show. You can check it out, 710sports.com, the Danny and Gallant podcast as well. And it's very clear, having asked Jerry DePoto about his future today, that he wants to be here. It's just like we preach to the players, you know, just focus on what you can control. And we are, we are making progress. And I believe that our ownership and, and John Stanton see that. And, and that is, you know, that'll be reflected in the way that that me and our baseball operations are handled moving forward. I there's it's, I can't say it keeps me up at night because I do believe that what we're doing here is a long term uh, it's a long term effort and it's headed in the right direction and our group knows that and I, I know our owners believe that. He was in a really good mood today and I, I don't blame him. I mean, after all, what have we seen over the course of the last week? They've been playing impressive baseball. And he has seen two of the guys that he took gambles on this past offseason, both Ty France. Out, well, Ty France was at the trade deadline. And uh, Chris Flexen, who he, he brought over from Korea, those two guys have done really well. Now, there have been some setbacks, Justice Sheffield, Evan White, and, man, I, I just feel bad for the guy. Uh, even though I don't really like watching him at the plate, you don't want the guy to be dealing with injuries like a hip flexor injury. You want him to actually get the opportunity to perhaps swing through his struggles uh, Jared Kelnick's had some issues too, but I'm not going to say, oh, wow, Jerry DePoto, he's messing this thing up. This team is overachieving right now, and I, I, I think it's quite clear that the Mariners need to extend him. Quite clear. And look, maybe he doesn't need that to happen right now, but why wouldn't you? 
Really, why wouldn't you right now, especially with the direction that he feels he's taking the team in? And I, I suppose there's no rush. I guess you could wait. I, I think Jerry is a professional. I don't think that having him not under contract is going to affect the way that he operates at the trade deadline or the way that Scott Service manages. And I, I know the Brock and Salk podcast was talking about that earlier this week, and they brought up some interesting points about how, okay, well, if you are trying to develop your players, maybe you put Taylor Trammell in certain situations as opposed to having like Kyle Seeger pinch hit. And I think that was an interesting point laid out. But I, I, I don't think you want to you know, have loser juice in your franchise, and I think you want to play the best players. You don't want to turn into the Philadelphia 76ers where it's all about the process. You do want to win at the same time. But I don't think that the Mariners are going to operate in the coming weeks with their jobs in mind, both Jerry DePoto and Scott Service. I, I, I feel like they're, they're above that. That's just a me thing, but that's, that's what I'm feeling. They want to see this thing out. They feel like they're going to be able to see this thing out. So Mariners ownership, if you guys are listening right now, I, I think it's pretty clear what you guys got to do. So let's get this thing started because it's moving in the right direction. It's slowly moving in the right direction. And I know a lot of fans, you want it to move a little bit faster. But if it's moving in the right direction, why blow it up? There's no reason. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the Paul Gallant Show, 710 ESPN Seattle, the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. You can text in 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can tweet me at Gallant says. Call in at 206-421-3776. We will hear from you in about five minutes when you get to be heard. By the way, you can listen to us in a variety of different ways. You can listen seven um, on the 710 app. You can listen on your smart speaker. Alexa! Hi. Sorry, everybody. I, had to, I couldn't help myself there. Uh, 710sports.com slash video. Right now, as this hour of the Paul Galan Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration, it's time for What's Trending, brought to you by King's Heating and Air. Good morning, afternoon, Maura Julie. How are you now? Hi, Paul. Hi. Turn on my mic. There's not enough time. I was I was trying to get us some sound from the Kraken press conference, but it's all happening so quickly. We'll we'll try to see if we can get some before the end of the show. Let's give a shout out to Maura Dooley because Maura Dooley does a million things at once, and I have no idea how she is able to do it. As someone who once was a person who was a producer and running the board at the same time, there are few jobs that are more difficult than that because you are gathering audio from other places. You are having to listen to me yammer, and on top of that, having to press all sorts of different buttons and things like that. So we appreciate all the things that you are doing right now. I know that this is generally like the difficult time, and especially with the press conference, but that is the news of the day that the Seattle Kraken... They have a new coach. Yeah, we um, Dave Hextall is their new coach, and um, we played a little bit of this on Danny and Gallant earlier, but some intriguing thoughts from John Mer- John Paul Morosi, who um, covers the MLB and joins Wyman and Bob to talk about that all the time, but also covers the NHL, uh, about a local guy that could possibly end up here with the Kraken. And very importantly, on one of his first teams at North Dakota, he had T.J. Oshie the forward who grew up in the Seattle area and many have speculated on as a possible captain of the Kraken following the various moves that are to come through the expansion draft. I would love to see that happen. Any local guys, that would be fantastic. TJ Oshie, bring him over from the Washington Capitals, build with somebody that's from Everett. That would be really cool. And this this is a guy, in, in Dave Haxtell, who has most of his experience at North Dakota, where, of course, he coached T.J. Oshie. But 
He's been a coach, too, with the Philadelphia Flyers. He's been with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He has been there. He has not done that yet. But it is hard to do that in the NHL. It is very hard. I think it is the most unforgiving playoffs that there are. You can see a team that has a record for points in a season, like the Tampa Bay, Lightning's, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning a couple of years ago, where they got swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. So we'll see what he's able to do. Uh, from my friend who used to cover him at North Dakota, the guy has a stare that will pierce your soul. I love it. Intensity. We'll have some mm-hmm. intense press conferences like we were talking about with Tortorella, maybe. Yes, and, and the Graz, who's going to join me in the sports pit at 10.30, he wanted the Kraken to hire John Tortorella. So we'll talk to him and see if he is disappointed in the hire. I, I'm not going to lie. The idea of John Tortorella, that would have been really fun. Tortorella is a hilarious character. All right, our transition, that isn't working. Um, anyways, I'll, I'll just... Next story. <laughs> oh, see, I like that. That's a great sound effect. <laughs> uh, Michael Shandugar of The Athletic is reporting that Quandre Diggs will be seeking a contract extension. At, we already have Jamal Adams doing that at the safety position, but that Quandre Diggs will be seeking one as well as he is in the final year of his deal. You're right, Maura, and also Dwayne Brown looking for a new deal. Now, the good thing is it does really feel like things between, first off, Jamal Adams and the Seahawks are amicable at this point in time. It feels like things between Dwayne Brown and the Seahawks are amicable at this point in time. And I think with Quandre Diggs, you got a guy who you need to extend. Period. You need to bring Quandre Diggs back. We have seen what the Seahawks defense looks like when they do not have good safeties. You saw it during the 2019 season. When I first got here, man, that that defense, that back end, it was not good. Then they trade for Quandre Diggs. It was night and day, the difference between what they were before that and after that. Like Tedrick Thompson and Lano Hill. It wasn't good. And nothing against Tedrick Thompson and Lano Hill, but I mean, those are guys that they thought they were going to be able to develop into the same kind of guys that they got in Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas. If we learned anything from the Legion of Boom era, it's that safeties are really important to the Seahawks defense. And Pete Carroll needs to have good ones. You now have two good ones. So Quandre Diggs is not going to be as expensive as Jamal Adams, most likely. Safety is generally not the most expensive position as it is anyway. This is a guy, though, that they definitely need to keep around. I think he's a great locker room presence, great player as far as his ability to both play center field and and hit guys. And personally, I just like the guy. So let's make that happen. Help Quadre Diggs out. I like how you spend their money. I know. I spend everybody's (laughs) money today. Spending the Mariners' money, trying to extend Jerry DePoto. No, I completely agree. It seems like the guys really look up to him. He's got a really strong veteran presence there on top of being a really good safety. Yes. One of my one of my favorite moments with uh, Quandre Diggs was in the Seahawks locker room. And I asked Quandre Diggs a question. And another reporter like cut him off mid-answer to ask him another question. Quandre Diggs just looks at the guy. And he's like, I'm not done answering the question. And I was like, my guy. BFFs. I'm just calling everybody my BFFs today. (laughs) All right, guys, that's what's trending. If you got any thoughts on the Seattle Kraken's new head coach, you can text him in 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You will hear from Dave Haxtell and some of the highlights of his press conference before the end of the hour. We have the Gras coming up in the sports pit as well. And on top of that, we have lots of things to discuss with the Seattle Mariners. My big question for you today last uh, last last yesterday that's that's very repetitive yesterday we talked about how Jerry Depoto needs an extension and I laid out the case as to why but today I, 
even though the Mariners are coming off an awesome winning streak, has anything been more disappointing than the regression of Justice Sheffield this year? I say no. And I'm, I'm even including, you know, Evan White's struggles and, and Jared Kelnick's struggles in the mix there. But what say you? 710-710 is the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can tweet me at Galant says or call in 206-421-3776. It's the most interactive sports talk show in Seattle. And you get to be heard right now. Your voice, your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can also tweet at Gallant says. A bunch of people tweeted in pictures of Debbie Downer. Remember the famous Saturday Night Live skit? Elite Dawn tweets in the injuries. Yeah, you know what? The injuries probably have been as disappointing, if not more disappointing, than Justice Sheffield's struggles. But you can't really control that. They happen. They just seem to be happening at a flukish rate with the Mariners thus far this year. And, I mean, I think that lends itself to the roster constructed by Jerry DePoto and the managing that Scott Service has done. That partnership, I know it's probably unfair, as some texter pointed out earlier, to make the comparison to Pete Carroll and John Schneider. Pete Carroll and John Schneider, though, are the best one-two tandem that the Seattle sports scene has ever had. Take a page from that. When you have two guys that seem to work well together, why would you move away from it when it's taking a step in the direction, or steps, baby steps maybe, in the direction that the Mariners seem to be taking? And I know, it's gradual, it's slow, it's frustrating, but for those people that maybe want to change, do you think that's going to expedite said change? That it will expedite their ascension if you were to bring in another general manager and you were to bring in another manager? First off, the manager is going to have to learn these players. Scott Service has a very good pulse on all of these guys, given how long he has been here. And with Jerry DePoto, if you were to move on from him, okay, all of a sudden, now we're talking about a general manager who takes a look at that entire roster and is going to have completely different opinions than Jerry DePoto on things. Now, some of those opinions might be more correct than Jerry's opinions. But some of those opinions are not going to be correct, too. That's just how it works. He is going to like specific guys and not like specific guys. If you bring in somebody else, you are kicking the can down the road, just like you would be kicking the can down the road if the Mariners were to trade Jerry, uh, it's not Jerry DePoto, if they were to trade Mitch Haniger at the trade deadline. And I, I, I don't really have the patience for that. 710-710, the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Kyle Lewis getting hurt twice is more disappointing than all of that. Oh, yeah. You ain't kidding. I really do wonder about that knee injury, and I do think that that knee injury is a reason that Mitch Haniger, who is a proven player, but also with his own injury history, is somebody that the Mariners need to find a way to keep around. Another text, 710-710 from the 360. I think justice has been the most concerning, but the most disappointing has been Kelnick. I really wanted him to just rake instantly. I know, we all did. I'm still having a hard time looking at his numbers every single night in the minors, and I'm hoping, like, hey, did he do something? What did Jared do? Well, he did not have a hit, if I'm not mistaken, last night. I think he had a couple of walks, so there you go. But, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not as disappointed in Kelnick because I was irrational in my expectations, and I think anyone expecting him to rake coming out 
it's unfair. It's an unfair expectation to have on a guy who did not have a minor league season last year and only played in a couple of minor league games this season. And honestly, this might be good that he is dealing with now the first failures of his career as early as he is because this is going to help him in the long term learn how to manage his anger, his temper, his heart rate, all of those things. Text in 710-710 on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. One texter does want to see these guys continue to work together. As much as it pains me to say, even after a 20-year drought, you have to give the Mariners three more years with Jared, with Jerry DePoto and with Scott Service. Yep. They have taken enough steps in the right direction. I, I think three, three's a good number. Two might be more realistic. As far as, okay, well, we should have a really firm idea of what these guys can do by then. 206-421-3776 is how you call in. Matt is in Issaquah. Matt, what's going on? I wanted to disagree with you about your uh, desire to extend Jerry DePoto that you've expressed. I feel like while it's... Oh, no. Um, and Chris Flexen, this rebuild depends on a core of young players that have proven themselves to be either lackluster, Taylor Trammell, Evan White, Justice Sheffield, or really injury-prone, Kyle Lewis, Justin Dunn. Uh, What I haven't seen from Jerry is his ability to really be a player in the free agent market. We are modeling ourselves on the Padres, and I would like to, but what the Padres did was actually spend money before their window of contention uh, came along. They picked up Eric Hosmer. They picked up Manny Machado. I don't. I am very worried about the state of the rebuild. You're saying it's a slam dunk to to extend Jerry. I'm just not there yet, man. Appreciate the phone call, Matt. And, and interesting points laid out here. Is the lack of spending on Jerry, or is that on Mariners ownership? Generally, when it comes to spending, you got to have an owner who's willing to throw out the big bucks. I mean, you see in Los Angeles with the Angels, they throw stupid money at everybody. I mean, it hasn't necessarily worked out. I would like to see them be aggressive in free agency. And, and, and look, Matt brought up some good points with some of the young players that have had struggles. I would say that you do have a bit of an excuse with the lack of a minor league season last year. The Justice Sheffield thing, I can't really put a thumb to it. I can't. I wish I could. I'm Paul Gallant. It's the Paul Gallant Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. The great and powerful Graz joins me next. He wanted the Seattle Kraken to hire John Tortorella. They did not hire John Tortorella. How does he feel about the new head coach of the Seattle Kraken, Dave Haxtell? We'll talk to him about, about that. Net. We will talk to him. I will try to talk words out of my mouth with him next right here on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's 1030. And that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, man, if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going you're gonna to fail. With Paul Gallant. And joining me in the sports pit is the great and powerful Gross, Dave Grosby. Gross, what's going on, buddy? How you doing today, Bolly? I am doing well. I, I am wondering how you are doing because I know that you wanted the Seattle Kraken to hire John Tortorella. Not going to lie, as a Tampa Bay Lightning fan who... Got to witness that Stanley Cup run 2003-2004 firsthand. I went to 12 games that year. I would love John Tortorella, too. Oh. I think he's a I think he's a kick in the pants 
But instead, they hire Dave Haxtell, who is a Philadelphia Flyers coach in the past. It didn't go so well for him there. Also, he coached with North Dakota in college hockey, one of the premier programs in college hockey. What, what do you think about the hire? Uh, well, it was uh, not as inspired, perhaps, as Tortorella. I mean, it's one one coaching experience, head coaching experience, one NHL experience, basically, was the three years in Philadelphia where they uh, went to the playoffs two of those years, knocked out in the first round both years, spent last year uh, working with uh, with Toronto, and you mentioned uh, a long history before that with North Dakota. Um, I think it was a surprise choice. Uh, you know, and I'm relying on a lot of experts on this. I don't claim to be one Same. at this point in time, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, right, because we're <laughs> ramping up to be experts Yeah, is what we're all kind of exactly. doing about hockey in this town. But um, to me, you know, I would have I would have preferred a bigger splash for head coach. How about that? Yeah, I, I, I would have too. And honestly, I, I like the very, very cantankerous uh, temperamental types at coach. And I know the city has had a great history with them, whether it's Lou Pinella or it's mm-hmm. George Carl. It would have been pretty funny to see John Tortorella – here, um, just just based off of that, he's had some really hilarious uh, interactions with reporters. I will say this though, Graz, one of my friends used to cover actually uh, Dave Haxtell at the University of North Dakota, and he used to do these uh, coaches shows with him. And he felt like Haxtell could stare into his soul. So at the very least, you have a coach with a death stare. <laughs> well, that's a positive for sure. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> You know, it's it's his primary experience is in college, and and uh, look, he's he's joining the team awfully late, so I don't know how involved he's going to be with uh, the expansion draft. Uh, you know, that appears it's going to be a Ron Francis production, which is fine. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus yet. I'll, I'll be curious to see how it works out, but. I would have thought they would have gone with someone with more experience. You know, I, I like Tortorella for some of the things that you talked about, but also the fact that he'd been a coach for 16 years and won a cup, you know, has a, has a definite, uh, you know, is, is not a guy who, who's lacking for any credibility with veterans and things like that, is willing to go nose-to-nose with players, sometimes positively, sometimes negatively. Uh, I think that's a nice – and he would have been a transition guy. I mean, he, he's not going to be your, your guy for, for the long haul. He's 62 years old. Right. So we'll see if Axtell can, can be that guy, I suppose. We will see. That is for sure. The Graz with me in the sports pit. So the Mariners' five-game winning streak, it came to an end yesterday against the Colorado Rockies. And I'm curious as to what you think, Graz, and this is the question of today's show, what's been the most disappointing element for the Mariners this year? Because for me, even though Kelnick, he came up and and, and he struggled, it's probably pretty realistic to see how things actually went down, even though they were really bad struggles. I, I'm most disappointed in what we've seen out of Justice Sheffield because, man, he closed the year out so well. Mm. And this season, and especially over this homestand, he's the pitcher that's on the hill when the Mariners suffered their two losses. Yeah, that's that's, that's a fair point. Uh, you know, he has struggled uh, throughout the year. Is was you know one of the guys maybe you thought would take a step forward. Um, I'm just in th- thinking about that question. A, a couple of guys jumped to mind. One was James Paxton, just because. You know that you spent the money on him and he didn't get any return at all, and it's not not entirely his fault right. when you're looking at that. And and the, the other guy that I'm disappointed in, but again, I'm not necessarily blaming him. It's it's been out of his control a little bit. Is I was expecting to see Kyle Lewis really build off the year that he had last year, and yeah. and he's been hurt. I'm not not dogging him for that at all. I mean, I understand that, but that if you're just talking about being being disappointed. Those are the things that I've found to be the most disappointing about about the, this Mariner team. I mean, if Paxton had been 
a good version of himself. Imagine what that rotation would look like right now, you know, Ooh. again with Sheffield playing a much smaller part in it. You'd have three pretty solid, excuse me, I didn't mean to disrespect Chris Flexen that way. Yeah. You'd have four pretty solid starters at this point. Man, with what you would be in a you'd be in a very good situation. Logan Gilbert's been really good since coming up. Flexen, who you mentioned, Marco yeah. Gonzalez. You have gotten awesome results from Yusei Kikuchi. Justin Dunn's made some steps forward this year as well. And yeah, imagine if James Paxton was out there. Oh God, it was so quick. The injuries this year have been just ridiculous. And, you know, you mentioned Kyle Lewis, and that's been obviously really disappointing too. Evan White, I, I feel for the guy. I mean, I, I don't really mm-hmm. like watching him bat, but, uh, man, the hip flexor injury, uh, the guy can't get a break. No, he can't. And, and um, you know, he's still, I mean, even before it, he, he's still looking overmatched at the plate as to be expected. He's he's such a great glove, though, at first base. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's you can see what they saw in him, right. but... You know, it's a it's a dicey thing to to, to I'm not going to say they're messing with his confidence, but I'm wondering where his confidence is as a big league hitter at this point. I mean, it's it, it's not it can't be there. I mean, no, it can't be there yet, and, and you need him to you need him to be that. So certainly, he's been frustrating, and and like you said, this the in in nature the injuries. Although you know, the funny thing about injuries is you know they can kind of help form the us versus them mentality that has kind of fueled this team a little bit. You know, everyone's looking for the chip on their shoulder. We know this. Every professional athlete looks for it. Well, the Mariners have got a legitimate chip. No one thinks they can do anything because they're too beat up. And, and you know, you got guys saying, well, I'm pretty good. What's wrong with me? I'm Jake Fraley. I can do it all. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it's one of the things that has kind of built the, the mentality, if that's the right phrase for it, that they seem right. to have right now, which is a lot of, a lot of toughness. I mean, it's a very mentally tough baseball team so far this year. The Gras with me in the sports pit. They certainly have been mentally tough, and I think Jerry DePoto deserves, deserves a lot of credit. Uh, I had Jerry DePoto on for the Jerry DePoto show earlier today, and I asked him about his future here, what he thinks is going to happen, and he did seem pretty optimistic, and it sounds like he wants to be here. I think they got to extend him, and well, why not do it now, honestly, with what they have done both last year where they were scrappy and this year where they're over 500. What do you think, though? Should they wait to extend Jerry DePoto, or do you do it right now? Well, let me ask you a question, Paul. Let's say you extended him right now, and they, they go on a losing streak and wind up winning 70 games this year. Mm. And, and play play terrible ball the second half of the year. I mean, and don't show progress. And and Kelnick doesn't doesn't hit it big. I mean, does that change how you feel? If it doesn't, then then you extend. But I gotta I, I kind of feel like, you know, you, you're at a point where you you if you're if you're John Stanton and the Mariner front office, you, you need to see some some positive results happening. It doesn't mean going to the playoffs this year, but but s- significant signs of growth and progress. So. I'm I'm holding out. I'm very much inclined to to say this is the, there's nothing that's telling me that this is the wrong guy, but uh, I'm gonna not make the judgment after 77 games. I'm gonna make it after 162. What you just said probably should make me feel differently, and I, I guess I just don't see it happening down the stretch. And but it maybe, does not. It does right, not. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's that's probably naive to think, just given the way that they have hit this season. I mean, that they are where they are at at this point in time is honestly a bit of a miracle, um, considering that they can't really do much at the plate outside of what we have seen out of J.P. Crawford. You have to be getting a kick out of what we are seeing with all of these TSA checks that are essentially going on at the mound across baseball. My goodness, I I, I can't oh. wait for the next incident. Rob Manfred's essentially being Frank Drebin in The Naked Gun. Everything is fine, nothing to see here. Meanwhile, it's a bit of a clown show, and honestly, I think it's good for baseball. I've enjoyed the heck out of it. 
I, I, I'm not inclined to disagree with you. I think baseball <laughs> needs a clown show because it kind of is one. And have you seen the, the long-form video they've done of, of Max Scherzer the second night? I have not seen the long-form video. Ooh, there's like a Godfather's director's cut. Look it up on Twitter. Okay. There's a guy who did about a a four-and-a-half-minute version of it with, with, uh, you know, co-starring Joe Girardi. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, it is it is absolutely hilarious. It was the very the second day that it went down, and uh, it's already in big kind, big time trouble. So look it up. It's worth it'll be worth your time. Exciting to see that, and also excited to see the Mariners this weekend against the World Series champions, at least for the Gras eventually, Chicago White Sox this oh, weekend. Yeah. yeah, and they're the White Sox are putting their best foot forward. They got their three best pitchers going. Um, including Mr. No Hitter in the first the first game, uh, I I did say that to you at the start of the year. I yes. thought the White Sox were the team to beat. Nothing has changed my mind at this point. So this is a this is a definite definite test for the Mariners. And and uh, boy, how good would it feel? How good would it feel if they can pull off a quote unquote Tampa Bay weekend again? Oh, it'd be fantastic. He is the great and powerful Graz. Then you're, sit, you're sitting up straight, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're sitting up straight when that happens, buddy. Didn't oh, no mean to doubt. interrupt you out. Oh, no doubt. Everything, everything up straight. Hey, Graz, I appreciate you joining me as always. And we'll talk to you next week, man. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Paul. That is the Graz, everybody. <laughs> All right, guys. We're going to hear from David Haxtell, the head coach of the Seattle Kraken. His press conference still ongoing. Really excited to hear what he's got to say. A lot of conversations about being a tough physical team we're seeing as highlights from said press conference. I want to go into a little further detail about why I actually think Rob Manfred's good for baseball. We'll talk about that next and also your answers to what's been the biggest disappointment for the Seattle Mariners season thus far after the the winning streak which was so amazing comes to an end. Man, Justice Sheffield, he's had some real issues. I'm Paul Galan. It's the Paul Galan Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. A couple of things to dive into before we hit the road. First off, the Seattle Kraken, our beloved new hockey team, finally have a head coach. His name is Dave Haxel. Haxtel. He was the head coach of North Dakota, a college hockey powerhouse for a long period of time before a tenure, a brief tenure with the Philadelphia Flyers, about three and a half seasons or so, had an assistant coaching gig with the Toronto Maple Leafs. He had his introductory press conference this morning, and he explained why he decided to take the head coaching gig of the Seattle Kraken. Really, you know, I view it as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to, to be part of something uh, that, uh, you know, that we have an opportunity to build from the ground up. Uh, detail. Communication is going to be very, very important, uh, not only you know, over the, the phase, over the next few weeks of, uh, of building the roster, but from there, it's planning on how everything fits together. It's planning for training camp. It's preparation uh, for the detail of not just day-to-day, but you know, the, the minute-to-minute, hour-to-hour details that are, that are needed in training camp to bring uh, a group of guys together that haven't played together before. He talked about the kind of team that he wants. I'm going to read this quote. There are some foundations that I believe in. You start with character. There's an aspect of ability. Work ethic is part of that piece, but resiliency is a huge part of what our team will be about. That is every single hockey team. You want to have all of that. So he's checking all the boxes as far as things that you want to hear. I do want to bring up an interesting text, though. 
and this comes from somebody who is a longtime Philadelphia Flyers fan. I'm going to have to talk to probably my stepdad tonight, who is also a diehard Philadelphia Flyers fan. I am concerned about the Kraken's hire. I am a Washington resident, but longtime Flyers fan, and I did not feel like Haxtell got even close to the potential of the players that they had. I think based off of the results with him as the head coach of the Philadelphia Flyers, that is a warranted concern. And again, I'm not going to act like I'm an expert on all things Philadelphia Flyers from 2015 through 2018, 2019. But what I can tell you is that they were out in the first round of the playoffs his first year and his third year. They missed the playoffs his second year and were technically below 500 with all of the overtime losses that they had. They were essentially a middle-of-the-road hockey team with him in charge. And they were not able to do any damage in the playoffs. What has he learned since then? That does not mean that the guy is never going to be able to coach, but you're hoping that in the time since then and in the time with Toronto that he has learned new tricks of the trade that he can perhaps bring to this team so that they can get up and running, hopefully in the same way that the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the expansion team for just a couple of seasons ago, have taken the hockey world by storm. They are fantastic. Don't you get the sense that Ron Francis is going to be pretty heavily involved too, though? Not a hands-off GM. I think there'll be more of a partnership. I, I, I definitely feel that way more. I mean, this is a guy who has a lot of experience, Ron Francis. And I, I, I think that it'll be interesting to see just how that dynamic plays out. Obviously, in baseball, it's a little bit different. Like in baseball, we, we, we talked about it today. Generally, it's the general manager who is in charge of the baseball operations, at least with the shift that the game has gone towards analytics and numbers and, and, and all those things. And the manager is basically keeping the clubhouse in order, but also at the same time is doing essentially what the general manager wants. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think that this is essentially Ron Francis's baby, and we will see what kind of say power Haxtell has. But I would just say, based off of what we were talking about earlier, given how unforgiving it seems to be for most general managers, excuse me, for most head coaches in hockey, like you see changes a lot, like very often after just a couple of years, I, I, I think that's, that's a very good assessment, Mora. And by the way, here is why Ron Francis decided that they were going to hire Dave Haxtell. You go back and look at Dave's resume, um, starting with the USHL, sort of came in halfway through the year in a tough situation, turned that around the next three years. Went to North Dakota as an assistant coach and an associate coach and then took the reins. And it was a successful program, but he added his own touches to it. And 11 years there as a head coach, nine of those years, I think he had a winning percentage over 600. And the other two, he had a winning percentage over 700. And that's in, a, in an environment where you're changing your team on a yearly basis. And, and definitely every four years, these guys graduate and move on. So that bodes well for, for sort of the, the building and the base and be able to communicate. And then you come into the NHL and you gain that experience. And as you mentioned, you know, he's worked the last couple of years in Toronto with a very young team and, and been a big part of you know, their sort of growth and progression um, towards having more and more success. So uh, we think that all bodes well for him in, in this situation. We'll see how it all plays out, but it's very exciting to have another face as part of this Seattle Kraken organization. We know Ron Francis is the GM. We know that David Haxtell is the head coach. Before we hit the road, I went back in time. It's Throwback Thursday. 30 years ago, there was a headline in the Seattle Times, and it was pretty funny to me because I feel like we have seen this headline so many times. I know I have been guilty of even saying it in the past, and the headline essentially is, wow. Baseball is in trouble. 
and it brought up how baseball players today, they're making a million dollars a year. Oh, my goodness. They're not hustling anymore. Jose Canseco, he's, he's being lazy out in the outfield. Man, this, this is really concerning, the way that this sport is going. Two million fans, too few. And also they were concerned about perhaps the Mariners moving to Tampa Bay in this article. But I, I, I look at baseball right now, and look, there's definitely things it needs to work on. But still doing okay. I think Rob Manfred is actually good for the game, and here's why. It's in a totally ironic way. Baseball does not have compelling drama over the course of a regular season. It does not, generally. And having a, instead of, in the case of Vince McMahon in the WWE, a heel commissioner who's sort of a villain at the same time, you know, and is consistently uh, getting in the way of wrestlers and their ascension to getting the WWE title belts and all those things. In Rob Manfred, you have this guy who's sort of like a bumbling fool and continuously is finding ways to, I guess, just show that he doesn't really have a firm grasp on the reins. I kind of like the chaotic nature of baseball right now. They are essentially figuring out this thing on the fly as they try to stop doctored baseballs. And Rob Manfred's saying, oh, yeah, things are fine. I mean, if, if we have learned anything over the last couple of days, it's not fine. Pitchers are pretty angry. And it's funny that Rob Manfred's like, well, we sent a memo in March. A memo. Like, why not just enact this from the beginning of the season? You know? And that's what baseball is all about. Baseball likes to send these memos out, and the memos they are assuming are going to actually make heartfelt changes. No, you got to act. You got to act right away. But it sort of allows for all these scandals to happen. And I, I, I think it actually is good for baseball that they have a punching bag in Rob Manfred, who is consistently there to talk about. You know, I. I legitimately think it is good for the sport. Not intentionally. This is unintentional comedy and unintentional chaos, but sort of in the same way where, you know, if you have a really serious league that takes itself too seriously, it's sort of like DC comic movies. You know, all those movies, oh my goodness, calm down. You know, have a little bit of fun. You're a superhero movie. Marvel franchise, yeah, they have a little bit of fun at their own expense. And that's sort of what baseball has with Rob Manfred, at least in my opinion. A lot of thanks to go around for today's edition of the Paul Gallant Show. The Seattle Kraken have a new head coach, Jake and Stacey, are going to talk about that next. Big thanks to everybody who joined the show today. Jerry DePoto, who joined us on Danny and Gallant earlier. Shannon Dreyer, of course. The Graz, Dave Grosby. And, of course, the one and only Maura Dooley, who made so many things happen today. I am merely Paul Gallant. So long. Farewell. Jake and Stacey are next.